I had to steal from a priest. Uh, I had to. I needed his spray bottle. to the Rock, Paper, Shotgun electronic wireless show. It is episode 72 on the 20th of February. I'm Brendan, and I have with me this week a John Walker. Hello. And a Matt Cox. Hello. Hello, both of ye. You sound good. Matt, you sound particularly clear and good. Why, thank you. I tried very hard what about me um J- john you also signed a okay 100 <laughs> percent fine phew what are we talking about this week uh wake up brendan wake up <laughs> time for school we're talking about things that hurt your head or soothe your head depending on how much you enjoy them puzzles I love puzzles. All right. Uh, we have, I think we have a bit of a problem, and this is a, that this is a hugely unsexy topic. It's a very John centric topic, which I didn't mean to say immediately after you said that, but oh well. <laughs> Fine. So it is. <laughs> it is a John centric topic. It's also an Alice B centric topic. That's fair. And you but... might remember there used to be someone called Pip. Sadly, oh yeah. Sadly, mm. she's dead now. But uh, in the olden days, she, she liked them. She works for PC Gamer now. Readers don't, who don't know Pip, oh, or listeners who don't know Pip, she's not actually dead. Don't worry. <laughs> if they don't know her, why would they be worried? Uh, you know, every Pip's death diminishes me. That that I'll carry on. I think she lives on through me. I okay. think that's doubtful. <laughs> I mean, that's her. <laughs> We're talking about puzzles. I say it's an unsexy topic because whenever, John, you come to describe some of the puzzle games that you play, I'm going to have to try and excite them up a bit. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Just dress them up so that they're not basically grids about filling in numbers. Well, I there are other types of puzzles. Uh, there are, but we'll get on to that because I want you to talk about... You've played two puzzle games in like a week. That Three you think... now. Three? Okay. So I want you to talk talk about these. Okay, I shall. So the first one I played was a game called Globe Sweeper. So everyone's played Minesweeper, haven't they? Yes. Mm-hmm. Minesweeper is a terrible puzzle game. It's quite fun to play, but it's it's rubbish because you have to guess. And that's no good. That's not how puzzles should work. That's not logical. So if you like the thrill of... Uh, I'm sexing this up for you now, Brendan. Thank you. If you like the thrill of treading on a mine and blowing up everything. 
then uh, Minesweeper is the game for you. But if you like being able to deduce and use increasingly complicated techniques, um, which it seems in puzzle gaming are called advanced techniques, which just makes everyone sound like a git. Um, but you can then put the Minesweeper is no good. Globe Sweeper was an interesting idea. So it took the format of Minesweeper and put it on a sphere. Um, it still involves guessing, but there's a lot less because you don't have edges. And it seems that when there's no edges, uh, there's a lot more. Um, the numbers influence one another a lot more. Um, and then the, 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 there's a sort of hexagonal, there's a squared, cubed version. And best of all, there's a triangular version. Triangles will seemingly allow themselves to be knitted into a sphere. Is it um, a triangle, like a flat triangle? Imagine just a ball cover, a football made of triangles instead of uh, hexagons oh. and squares. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah, and right. this is where it gets really interesting because with triangles, um, it's very unlikely that you need to guess. Um, the guy who made it said it's still possible, but much less likely. Anyway, so that's just a nice a way of playing Minesweeper, but not being rubbish. And then underneath in the comments. Brilliant people said, but what about this game? And what about this game? You should try these. And so I am. And the first one I tried was called Temetsi. And Temetsi is uh, sort of... Hexels is the greatest puzzle game ever released on PC. We all agree on that. Matt, you agree? I've played it and liked it. Uh, but not enough other puzzle games to be authoritative. I'm going to have to ask you about Hexels separately because I still don't know what that is. So this is a game created by a man called Matthew Brown, um, who appeared from nowhere in, with this just utterly beautiful logic-based puzzle game where you had hexagonal grids and simple rules and incredibly complicated interpretations of them to unpick these puzzles. There are three. There's um, Hexels, Hexels something else, and Hexels Infinite. And they get increasingly complicated, and by the third, it's absolutely just beautiful oh so beautiful such wonderful difficult brain stretching puzzle games but completely fair no guessing always always uh always possible without having to uh, is it just think 17 moves ahead that sort of thing what are you actually doing in hex cells though are you like putting in you filling in a grid you are so you're like marking you right it's no it's cl- it is again closer to minesweeper as a format you are filling in cells and deleting other cells based on the numbers above, within, and around. Um, and then yeah, with hex cells, it gets way more complicated. So you have numbers in brackets and numbers in curly brackets, and, and these have different rules applying to them. And I would so say on. it's the middle ground. Like Those numbers immediately make it. Because you're, you're still doing the... Maybe I'm misremembering, but I thought you were still doing like the 1 to 9 thing? No, nothing like that. Oh, no. well, no, no, no. ignore me. I shall. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, um and so okay so he- and and hexels is is as as beautiful as it gets Temetsi takes the ideas from hexels and then runs with them in really interesting directions and so it makes grids out of different shapes there are squares and triangles hexagons and then it applies its own rules and it applies colors hooray for colors and so and um with hexels and indeed with Temetsi and indeed um with a game called delete which i've just started playing today um you uh, use the number of missing mines or unshaded cells left. There's a number that counts down, and how many there are left is a big influence on how you approach the puzzle too. 
There's nothing sexy about describing this. This is rubbish. I'm so sorry to everyone <laughs> listening. Timetsi, and then I've just started playing Delete, which is a lot simpler. It's a sort of 3D version of... Um, well, there's a game called Philippix, which is conceptual. I love, I love how you have to describe these puzzle games by constantly referring to another puzzle game down the line. <laughs> it's a giant family tree. Yeah. So there's a company called Conceptus who are, who make the best logic-based puzzle games nowadays. And um, Philippix is one of theirs. You can get it on Android and you can print PDFs off their website. Only a massive geek would have done that a couple of days ago. <laughs> um, and um, and so that's the idea where you have uh, this in this situation you have a grid of squares and all the numbers are already revealed and you have to fill the number of tiles around and including said number in that grid of nine so if there's a nine then all the tiles around it and including itself are filled if there's a one then only one within those nine cells is filled and then you just create a picture a pretty picture by filling it all in um and delete takes that idea but makes it 3D. Oh god. So there you go. These are my I I'm I'm going to stop because this is very visual and very boring <laughs> for a podcast. Do any of these games have a little face that puts on sunglasses when you win? Oh, that is a very good argument. No, none of them does. Well, so I only Minesweeper from now on then. Sorry. <laughs> So I adore puzzle games. I play puzzle games all the time. I, I, I have been on this podcast a number of times. I've never been on it while not playing a puzzle game on my phone at the same time. I have Philippix open in front of me right now. John. Yes. Pay attention, would you? I feel like I am. Put your attention onto the podcast. <laughs> but that's pl- the playing with numbers. That's the thing for my weird old brain is if I'm only doing one thing at a time, I find it harder to pay attention. If my brain is doing two things, then I pay attention. Unreal. That makes so little sense to me. Um, John, are you, are you the kind of person then who plays Minesweeper? Because I, I have a cousin who plays Minesweeper, like rapid fire Minesweeper, where they just, they seem to be playing it on some other setting, like legendary difficulty mode, <laughs> where they just like speed run it and go through it as quickly as it can, as they can. And they die, like they get blown up a lot. But yeah. It's nothing to them. They just kind of move on and go speed run the next, the next go. See, I used to do that. Not that I would ever tell anyone the speed I got. I don't think. But yeah, the old Windows ninety five version. I used to do that a lot. See how if I could beat my luck my fastest time. But that was when I was a but a foolish child. And now I know Minesweeper is just guessing. I don't want to guess to win. That's no fun. Guessing is guessing involves no victory. I don't. I don't think there's all that much guessing in Minesweeper. Yeah, I'm afraid there is an awful lot of guessing in Minesweeper. It's it's incredibly unlikely in a regular standard game in Minesweeper that you wouldn't have to have at least a few guesses along the way. You'd have to get very lucky, as it happens, to not hmm. have guessing be part of the game. Maybe I'm used to just playing on the tiny grid, where maybe there'd be like one guess at the start. <laughs> if you play in Minesweeper uh, on easy, yes. <laughs> Pretty much, you can, click in, you can win in one click on that mode. <laughs> can you? Yeah. Oh. I gotta get into Minesweeper. You get don't. One-click victories. <laughs> I vaguely remember it being a thing that, like, the very first click of Minesweeper is always going to be safe, and they've done yes, that. Yes, that's right. So basically, it doesn't lay the mines until you click, and mm. then it spreads them with the rule that wherever you clicked can't be one of them. 
Yeah, I love these things, and I, I, you know, when I have my cave time, when I go off to the coffee shop, I take a bunch of puzzles, I take a puzzle book with me. See, I thought you were all into this, Matt, when I was recommending that puzzle book to you, and you were saying how nice it sounded. Yeah, it's always something I like the idea of more than actually doing, <laughs> I feel. Yeah. Um, like, you know, I have, I have gotten into them in the past, and, you know, what I was saying, like, exactly what I said was, I'd love to have that book just sort of lying around, so it's always there as an option, but... I'd probably spend like 10 minutes on it, then get too confused and go and play Apex Legends. So I think it's important to stress I'm also playing Far Cry New Dawn at the moment. This isn't like I haven't just become, just fallen down a hole of being some puzzle loon. I like to mix it up. But um, It's a definite. It's a definite type of puzzle game you're into, though. It really the is. Of things. It's like a numbers, a number focused, yeah, figuring out the missing numbers game. Figuring out the next move, sort of searching the grid, finding oh, if that four is next to that one, then then that means that two can't have one there, so therefore that three is gonna yeah, that sort of. I love getting into a whole that that whole mess. What I don't enjoy are the are the much more difficult puzzle games. That Pip used to be so good at. Um, what was that caterpillary one that people got excited about for a while? Is it they are caterpillar. Something like that. Good. I couldn't even do the first level of that game. It was so hard. Um, <laughs> my brain can't do that sort of thing. And also, all that awful witness rubbish. I didn't like that game at all. Which looks <laughs> like it should be my perfect game. Um, I've never played the witness. Have you played the witness, Matt? I have not. No. Oh, but Matt, you'd love all the COD philosophy. <laughs> I do like that part, but I don't like the way everyone described all the puzzles as mazes. They're not, and, and I'm really. sure there's more to them than that, but they are all like the same mazy format. Well, they are many different formats that deliberately don't introduce themselves properly, and ah. so it can feel smug about itself. And uh, blah, blah, blah. horrible game. Um, there's another type of puzzle game that you really dislike that I like a lot, and that is the uh, programmy puzzle game. <gasps> yes, tell us why you love those, Brendan. Um, I like them because it it is the closest I will ever get to, to being able to do programming <laughs> properly, and it 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 eases you in. Well, it does it doesn't ease you in so much, but it it makes it at least a little bit a, a little bit possible for someone who has no idea how this stuff works. To feel like a cool hacker. I feel like if you can play those games, you could probably get your head around programming. The reason I don't like them is I can't get my head around programming, so I can't get my head around those games either. Have you tried Magnum Opus? Because I think it's, it's Opus definitely... Magnum. Opus Magnum. Oh god, yeah, of course. But yeah, that one—it's less explicitly coding. You're still—it's more like designing a little machine with you know. It's not numbers and maths, it's pistons that rotate to positions. It's sort of much easier to visualise. It's the only Zactronics game I've made any sort of progress in. Like, That's I, um, interesting, because I was going to say, I can't play Zactronics games, they're just too, they're too much for my brain. Definitely give Magnus Open a go. It, okay. it eases you in. And it's, it's that thing everyone says about it, where actually just finishing the level is, like, especially the early ones, it's not that hard. You can just sort of brute force your way through it. But then, if you want, you may not want that, but you can, you know, hone hone it down and, like, minimise the number of parts you're using or the space or the time it takes your little 
machines to make the stuff they're making. Yeah. It's good stuff. Like I got it... Exapunks um, and just ignored it. Like I loved the idea of it, <laughs> loaded it up, blinked at it a few times and closed it and never went back. Exapunks is definitely not the uh, the introductory Zektronix game that you want. Um, yeah, Opus Magnum is definitely the way to go. I agree. It is more about yeah, making a machine, and because you can see the machine, and you can just press a button to make the machine play and move, you can see it almost immediately how it's going to move and work, and what you've done wrong. You know, like it, you can figure it out just by looking at it. Whereas those other ones with the code that you type, you kind of you have to think about it in the other language, mm. which is difficult. Um, they also all have that appeal where it's you coming up with your own solution rather than finding an existing one. Yeah. Which is really neat. Yeah. You should try I never realised that Zactronics were the people who did Infiniminer. Yeah. They, they have not chosen them a fortune. I didn't know that. Huh. Yeah. Uh, Zach, Zach Barth did uh, Infiniminer and then Notch uh, made what he called himself Oh, a little Infiniminer clone. And then that took <laughs> off. Uh, and yeah. But um, I, 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 we did an interview with Zach Barth a while back. And when I asked him about... Uh, I, I don't know, I asked him about it. But he said he was very happy to just keep making his stupid little games. Uh, so I think he's he's fine. It doesn't bother him that much. And seeing, what, seeing how Notches uh, ended up doesn't seem very happy, so maybe it was a good thing. Yes. Uh, yes. Anyway. Zactronics Games. Opus Magnum is the top one, for sure. Which I didn't realise cool. he makes a game a year. It's pretty impressive. I know. Would you call Cultist Simulator a puzzle game? Mm. I was thinking of it in that way. Like, it's very different to everything we've talked about so far, but it's still the same. I mean, I wonder if you'd call it more of a mystery game than a puzzle game. Yeah, then... see, I, I wouldn't have called it a puzzle game, but, like, for the same reason that I wouldn't call, I don't know, like, I wouldn't call her story a puzzle game or any of the, I wouldn't even call, like, I don't know, adventure games a puzzle game. You know, point and clicky even stuff because there's even, there's puzzles in everything them. Everything you do is puzzles. <laughs> yeah, there's puzzles in them, and they make up a big deal, like a big part of the thing. But they're not games about doing puzzles, are they? What about yes, they so seventh guest? <laughs> seventh guest, I would say, is a puzzle game presented like an adventure game. I don't know what that is. Gosh, you're so also young. Seventh guest was one of the early CD-ROM games in the mid '90s. Um, it was awful colossally awful but sold a billion copies because it had um fmv actors in a super slidey cgi world um it was all very fancy looking for the time but you were just slicing a cake so it had the right number of tombstones on each slice or moving chess pieces around after well c-list actors going oh i'm very cross about this to you after you'd solved the puzzle (laughs) or whatever it was followed up by 11th Hour. I can't believe you don't know these things. I'm sorry. I'm shocked. Just too far. 
too far in my Zactronics. Okay, <laughs> what about Oberdin? Do we count that as a puzzle game? Ooh, that's a tough one. I'd say so. But I want to call loads of things puzzle games now. I want to call Oberdin a mystery game. Because I I think it should be a puzzle game based on the fact that, was it, who was it? Someone at Eurogamer was Christian Donlan called it Murder Sudoku. Mm. <laughs> and yeah, it's a, just the best description of the game. Do you remember those are... logic puzzles you used to get in kids' puzzle books where you had a a grid that was hard to describe? It's sort of, and you'd have a, a row of names along the top and things along the side, and you had to work out which was which. Like the Jingoshi lock in Dishonored Two. If you say so, it's exactly that. <laughs> There's I a big. I've played Dishonored Two. I don't remember that. Oh, it's great. There's um like there's a whole level where like the way you eventually need to go is behind this big door with this big this big fabled lock on it. Um and you can either like go to like one of two different areas and like deal with some gang conflict that's going on and get the answers that way, or you can just sit down in front of the door with a piece of paper and puzzle out the lock. And it's, you know, it's Gosh. exactly what you're describing. It's, um... I think in the puzzle oh, book yeah. world, they call them logic puzzles. But, um, yeah, I feel like Oberdin was more like a sort of four-dimensional version of that. I don't even know what the Jingashi look- lock looks like. Is it like a... Is it an, a physical padlock? It It is where you've got to, like... It's figuring out where everybody sat at a dinner table. And I'd say, like, the difference between that and Oberdin is you're sort of... Oberdin has, like, the end bit of it, but it also has the searching bit at the start. Like, you're, you're presented with all the information you have. With You know, you still need to figure out more from, like, the initial information you've got. But it's... It's much less... Hmm... It's more investigative in a way that this isn't at all. It sounds like it's puzzling you just thinking about it. <laughs> huh? uh, what other puzzle games do we like, quickly? Oh, uh, I love anything with uh, Picross in it. Mario Picross is genuinely one of the best examples of the form. <laughs> that came out on Game Boy. We can't um, have that here. Um, and, but there are many Picross games on the PC, and the best one, his name is escaping me. Let me find it. Super Picross Challenge. If <laughs> that's what it should have been called, that's why they went wrong. I'm just gonna find it. It's, Picross Legends. It's called Pictopix, and you can get that on Steam, and it's absolutely fantastic. Okay, nearly. Every board game is a kind of puzzle. I love that stuff. They're also um, not allowed here. Well, what about the digital version of Race for the Galaxy? That's real good. RPS um, ran Cardboard Children column for for years. Yeah, Yeah, I know they are allowed here. I was just trying to move (laughs) it along. (laughs) Can I tell you the worst puzzle in any adventure game ever? Yes. And there were many contenders for this. A lot of people would say the goat puzzle in Broken Soul, but this is worse. This was a Gabriel Knight 3. Oh. It's quite famous, this puzzle. <laughs> Go on. Why are you sighing like that? Because, because I've seen 
I've seen people playing the Gabriel Knight games. <laughs> they're bad. They are rubbish. Everyone thinks they're great and they're real. Uh, Gabriel Knight 1's okay. Anyway, Gabriel Knight 3 was a shockingly bad game. And this is, I, I will read from my original review written in 1833. It says, I had to steal from a priest. Uh, I had to. I needed his spray bottle. He turned his back for a few seconds and I snatched it through his kitchen window. I know it sounds bad, but I had to get a moped, which involves having a moustache. So I had to put masking tape on a hole in a barn door so that when the cat ran through it, its fur would stick to the tape. That added to the glucose syrup from the dining room would make the perfect hairy face disguise. I needed the spray bottle to squirt the cat to make it go through the hole. Oh. This oh, is no. like, imagine you were arrested for stealing the spray bottle from the priest and you tried to explain to your arresting <laughs> officer <laughs> this thing. Like, they couldn't, they couldn't charge you because you clearly, you know... Troubled, man. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, okay, then I'll buy board games, alright? I wouldn't say that they're all puzzle games, but I get what you mean. They're not all puzzle games, but some of them are fairly, fairly explicitly puzzle games. So the one I was talking about, Race for the Galaxy, it's you're like building up a little tableau of space empire things, um, but then... The core cool part of it is whenever you want to build something, you have to discard the plans that are already in your hand, which is just a great way of imbuing. Like, it's like a double decision you're making. It's like you're not just choosing what to build, you're choosing, like, you're explicitly sacrificing something else at the same time. Opportunity cost, I think they call that. Yeah, there's a word. <laughs> there you are. <laughs> yeah, it's very explicitly puzzle like. And I, you know, like, I, I, I was thinking of that one because it's primarily thinking within your own head and not puzzling out what other people are thinking. But that's puzzling too. Yeah, I'll kind that. That counts. Validation. Yeah, there's a lot of puzzle games. There's a lot of puzzle games. What else have I got written down that we... Um, Freeways? Did any of you play Freeways? No. No. Freeways is by the guy who made Desert Golfing. Uh, oh, yeah. And it is a bit like mini metro in that you're you're but instead of drawing a, a real network you're drawing a road network and you see where all the cars will come in and where all the cars should go out but you have to draw this road uh it's kind of like motorway intersections and you have to draw bridges over over other ones and then fix it so that it's efficient and it runs well because you can draw a nice looking road and a big you know motorway interstate and uh, junctions and stuff like that and it can all look well but then once you send the cars flying and they get stuck in a traffic jam if there's ever a traffic jam where everything stops then you lose the level so you have to kind of try and figure out what's the best way for, to make all this traffic flow it's oh, really fun it's so really good stressful <laughs> It's I'm looking fun. at screenshots. It looks like a horrible job I would never be allowed to do. It's good. It's really good. It's like um, the air traffic control games for uh, iPad, except that you're, air, you're ground traffic controlling cars. Um, and once you set a route, they have to stick to it. But it's really good. I, lo- I really liked it. Uh, what else have we got? All the usuals. Portal. Oh, yeah. It's funny we've been talking about this for half an hour and only just thought of Portal. <laughs> it's just a game that you take for granted, isn't you? Isn't mm. it? Like, uh, but it's definitely in there. And Portal too, I would say. Portal is a is a wonderful game. Um, 
But Portal 2, I think, is where it becomes really quite genius in its puzzle design. And the co-op puzzles oh, yes. in particular. Gosh, yes. They're really good. I prefer, if I were to you... pick a favourite, I prefer the original just because of its storytelling and lack of Stephen Merchant. But... <laughs> but Portal 2 has a puzzle that you... Oh, puzzle spoilers for Portal 2, one of them. <laughs> <laughs> where you solve it by getting you... By getting you and your partner to launch yourselves over a chasm at exactly the same time, so you do a chest bump in midair and fall onto a platform. <laughs> so good. Uh, yeah, I really like that. The only thing is that you should play it through with someone who has who has also never played it through. Because if you oh, play definitely. it through with someone who's who's done it before, even years ago, they'll have that residual memory. I played it through with my friend Tom. And he had he had this memory, I think, of everything. Mm. And we were having a good time. It was just it, he had just forgotten enough so that he, it, we were still both figuring it out. But he was always just a little bit ahead of me <laughs> in, fig- mm. in figuring things out. And I was like, "Oh, come on! I want to put down a portal and know what's happening first. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Definitely don't play it with anyone that's like a lot smarter than you either. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's that's what happens. It's not it's not that he played it before. He's just more intelligent. <laughs> but- <laughs> There's a great segue here into how we could talk about Portal's pinging system into Apex, but I couldn't do it without just explicitly saying that Portal has uh, a pinging system where you put it on the on the wall, you know, where you think a, a portal should go. Do you know what else has a pinging system, Matt? What? Apex Legends: The Battle Royale game that you've been playing that we can talk about when we talk about what we've been playing. Nice. There we go. Do you know what my favourite bit of the podcast is, Brendan? Uh, what is it? It's that bit where we talk about what we've been playing. <laughs> That's also a good one. I like the little music that comes before we talk about what we've been playing. You mean this music? Yes. No, I meant the other one. Oh, okay, sorry. Okay, get the other one out. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> We've both been playing and really liking Apex Legends, or Ape Legs. Ape Legs, yeah. As it shall now be referred to. It's a battle royale game uh, from Respawn Entertainment, but the the best one. I don't think a, a better one's going to be made in the next five years. That's... Why do you say that? I saw you say that in your <laughs> review, and that seems like a very bold claim. Did you think that that like how is someone else not going to come up with a better idea that you can't think of? Mm. That is a possibility. Mm. But I want to but... know why you're so confident about this. What is it about it that makes you this confident? So, to some extent, it's because, and this is a line that you kind of walk, but also just forget about <laughs> is it is exactly the kind it's exactly what i want to see in a game it's got in a battle royale game well any games in general like like when i'm i want my gunfights to involve lots of jumping about lots of you know mobility options and this has bum sliding it's got grappling hooks it's got wall climbing and i also want a layer of like 
tactical abilities um, stuff that shapes the combat in the same way that Overwatch does. So you're thinking around what each individual combatant can do and responding to the threats they present about, you know, you're thinking about their cooldowns, you're thinking about your own team and the way your abilities can synergize. Sorry for the word. <laughs> um, yeah, so... And it is, you know, it, it all of those ingredients are there. And then there's so much more. It's like idea after idea after idea that the idea of playing a game without it, you you actively feel its presence. So we were playing last night, and so in in Ape Legs, all the characters have these little skills and abilities, like you say. Uh, so someone can like put down a big shield, for example, or whatever. Your skill last night on the character that you were playing as was a dude who like sends out a little decoy man to run off. And I noticed mm. that you would do this like very often whenever things would kick off and people would start shooting at us. You'd just like send your man out. But I would always forget that I had like little smoke grenades <laughs> that it could help help people with, and I wouldn't know when to use them. But then. I would see like two of you running around the running around the map and be like, Oh, I feel like Matt knows what he's doing here. He'll probably <laughs> carry the team, that's fine. Uh it, that so we were playing with our friend Dan, who it's funny you say that because Dan is so much better than me. <laughs> like I I've always find this. Um like I'm great at everything apart from the shooting. Like I'll always manage to get behind people and then I'll ambush them and they'll turn around and kill me. It's it's happened time and time again. I'm getting better, but it's it is galling. But yeah, like I think that's 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 what I love. It, um, there's another element to it as well, which is how survivable everyone is. Partly because um, well, partly partly because of the terrain which you can run around, and partly because of their abilities. But also, everyone just has more health, which means the like the classic thing in Plunk Bat is you walk along, you're having a good chat, a good loot. And then you get shot out of nowhere, and the game ends, and that's that's it. That is like I would say about two thirds of a game of my games of Plunk Bat or Player Unknown's Battlegrounds have ended that way. Whereas in Apex, hardly ever happens. There's always like something I could have done. There's always an escape route I didn't think of, or a way of using my ability that only after do I think ah, funny that. And sometimes it's like oh, I could have shot the men better, but or shot the people better, but. Yeah, so so often it feels like there are more options available to me. You also get to revive your mates if they get knocked down and stuff, so... Yeah. Uh, Do you want to explain how it works? Well, if, well, it has the basic kind of pick your pal up from being knocked down that we've seen since, like, Left 4 Dead, uh, so long as they don't bleed out. But it also has, if they're... If they're like shot in the head while they're in this state and die on the ground, you could still get to their body and like pick up a little. They call it a banner, don't they? You pick up. You basically pick up their smartphone, and you well, run. Soul. <laughs> their soul. Their soul embedded in a little smartphone, yep. and then you run to like this green machine that you know there are a few of these green machines throughout the map, and then you plug it. You plug in their smartphone and you say, "I want my old friend back, please," and your friend comes in a spaceship from the sky. And can join again. You guys brought me back to life last night once, and I was very happy because it. Which meant... is always such a good moment for everyone yeah. involved. Like I talked to my review about how those moments let you feel heroic, and that's that's part of the immediate allure. But they've also got this great effect where, um, which we were talking about last night, where 
it lets you drop into like really spicy locations or you know places where you know loads of people are going to be and in other battle royale games that's fun but also kind of sucks because often like one person in your squad will die in that initial fight and then they're just watching watching everybody else play for 20 minutes or whatever and this avoids that yeah no it's really neat okay um, so let can i ask questions as a as an outsider yes so i've never played plunk bat but i know i've watched it and i know how it works um but it looks just a bit too daunting and a bit too grumpy for me uh but i played a bit of fortnite oh um and what i liked about it is just playing i like I don't like multiplayer games because of letting other people down. So I like playing on game multiplayer games on my own. So Fortnite seemed like a good match. But then it was all just building and crafting. And these sort of super-powered children who could build perfect forts in frighteningly fast while I'm going, which yeah. key is it for wood? And so I thought, oh dear. <laughs> so I quite liked sort of hiding around in the background and seeing how long I could last just by cheat, just by hiding like a wimp. Mm. Um... But it, yeah, all the building stuff really put me off. So would I, what really puts me off about Ape Legs is that I have to team up with two other people to let down all the time. <laughs> now, is that the case? Is there ever going to be a solo mode? Or is it, why won't I be scared of the other two people hating me if I play with them? Um, no, you probably will be. Oh, okay, um, there we go. That's fine. I'll just get more time for other games. Data miners. Uh, if you if you trust them, have found uh, stuff in the code that apparently mentions a single player, not single player, but a solo in the duo yeah. mode. So that's a possibility, but they haven't talked about it at all. It's in a way, I'd be surprised if they didn't. It's interesting what you say about how you like to hide and stuff like that, John. I That's my favourite part of any Battle Royale game, is just <laughs> not getting into fights. And trying to avoid people finding you. It, it makes me a very bad Battle Royale player because you're supposed to be aggressive. Like the aggressive people people will usually win out over passive people. Almost always. Well, like they'll but, they'll probably win totally, but the passive people will always get into the top ten. <laughs> that, but that's what I mean. Like I love I love I love being the second person, you know? Like yeah. just getting getting to the second place. You're gonna die. But I hid in a bush long enough, and <laughs> god damn, if that didn't give me a thrill. <laughs> I did that a lot in Plunk Bat. It's funny, actually, how it's it's changed the way I play, because it, it, is, it is a much faster-paced thing. Uh, games go on... I mean, games go on a little less... for a little less time, and you're also just running around so much faster that you are, like, getting into encounter after encounter. And it is true that it... Like, I think it's less... It's less tense in a way because of that. And so, you know, the the attraction of sitting out in a bush, which is absolutely something I did in Punk Bat, just, you know, hiding in a building for as long as I could. I really don't do at all in Apex. I want to be running about. Presumably it's not as fun to hide in the bush with two other people as well. Yeah, that's the other problem. Like, your mates are not going to hide in a bush and they'll just go off and die. And then you really will have no chance because it'll just be one of you against three other people. Yeah. But I, I'm enjoying it. I, I like it, and that says a lot, I think, for how much fun it is. Because I don't um, really, I'm not really that big into the battle royales. But I like this one. I like that you can get a robot with the grappling hook and a little man who can see footprints where people have been. Person. Oh, it's a person. 
a non-gender specific person in a gas mask with a crow. Yeah. And you can see footprints in the ground. And it'll say like 20 seconds ago someone was here. And it makes you look around like paranoid and frightened <laughs> of what might be here. I love those little things. It's the other great thing we haven't mentioned about it yet, which is of all of the characters, there's only one white man. A lot of people are enjoying that. Yep. Oh, so much. <laughs> I'm a lot. I'm enjoying that a lot of people are just realizing. Oh, okay. So it was racist before when all the other games only featured like one token non-white person. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's good. I'm glad they've all come to that realization now. We got it. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 sorted. Cool. What What else have we been playing? Far Cry. Have, have you been playing anything apart from the puzzle games, John? Did you talk Far Cry last week? I can't remember. Uh, don't think so. No. Well, we should talk about that because Matt's Matt's been playing Far Cry too. Yeah, not Far Cry two. <laughs> Far Cry Five New Dawn two. Yes, the one. Do Do you like it? I do I like it. it, but then I like Far Cry games, and yeah. Yeah. so it it fulfills that role of being a Far Cry game quite successfully. <laughs> Job yep. done. Yeah, but it also <laughs> manages. Yeah, it's also not been a douchebag yet, which is nice. <laughs> Which is very unusual for Far Cry games. What do you mean? Like it hasn't ha- I haven't had a character I'm supposed to like come up and be absolutely obnoxious to me. Everyone seems quite nice. Which is really lovely. It's a really strange experience in a Far Cry game not to just go, Oh no, I'm playing a- the world's most colossal prick. Um, which is really lovely. How far are you? <laughs> I haven't got a double jump yet. Um, uh, hang on, I'm going to look at the map for you right now. Um, let me see. So I haven't, I've, I've, I've only, oh, when you zoom out too far on the map, it then fills it in with rubbish. I'm only in the bottom left-hand corner still. I've gone quite a way. I've got, right. f- I've got five bases recovered. Oh, well, I had six, but I restarted the pantry on the third difficulty. And I'm not ready for that. So that <laughs> they've got that one back now. Um, Yeah. I don't, who do I need to rescue for a double jump? Oh, God, you've got to rescue someone. You've got to go on a big boat trip. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, it's a while off, but... I love how you explained that. You've got to go on a big boat trip. It's not like a, f- a gunfight boat trip. It's just a ferry down a the... A tour. <laughs> like a tourist ferry down the river in a post-apocalyptic scenario. Yeah, but on drugs with magic spirit wolves. Okay, for Far Cry. Far Cry game. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember in Far Cry 5 when you were trapped in uh, a county but equipped with multiple aeroplanes and helicopters and and no one ever really addressed why you wouldn't just go? But it's good in this game because there you can't go because of all the radiation. Mm. They finally figured out how to make an island out of Montana. Like Any any invisible walls technique is always going to be weak to me. <laughs> it's oh. like, you can't get out of this. Why? It's just mountains. You can't, you can't get out of mountains. You can't get out of this. It's radiation. It's radiation. I really like the invisible wall in Sunset Overdrive, which is, is a wall with invisible wall written on it. <laughs> <laughs> I like the treasure hunts in, in, in uh, New Dawn. They're just their puzzles, aren't they, I suppose? Is that the kind of treasure hunt where you get a piece of paper that has like kind of a picture, a little bit of like a little snap of where it will be, but you don't quite know? Reef, thank goodness, no. It's just a little, you know, normally it's just a case of working out how to get to a room packed with picky upable items. I do like how they frame those, though. 
like um they've always got a little story to them so yes. there's one there's one i remember where it's like somebody's trained a, a bear to eat his keys or something and then you go <laughs> up right. to then you you realize you've got to go up to like a little church tower and ring a bell to summon the bear and then kill the bear and get its keys um and then some of them are just basically uh, see here's the th- here's my dirty secret i quite liked the t- cl- cl- tower climbing puzzles in the far cry games yeah, I quite like them. Um, and so what they've done with lots of the treasure hunting is just put them underground. Quite clever. So you've got to work out how to go down rather than up. Hmm. Mm, I hadn't thought of it that way, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So that's quite fun. And it's just nice. I'm playing um, as a f- smiley-faced, friendly young lady in this game, which is unusual for Far Cry to start with. Um, I, I care about helping that my little town get better. And so that's nice. I've actually feel invested in succeeding for once. I can't say I did care about anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Is that because you're a sociopath, though? <laughs> no, it's just... I mean, I wonder. It's, it's interesting, actually, because it's probably because I was going into it with... Or at least partly because I was going into it with absolutely no expectations about engaging with it. And, yeah. you know, whenever I see a person, it's a person that's going to talk at me before I get to do the fun Far Cry things, which, in fairness, they do. They came up with this. Um, I think they added this in Far Cry 5 where, like, anything apart from the main story where they're talking to you, like, they'll be giving this really long explanation about, you know, the some kidnapping I'm hitting escape right now on you Matt I'm hitting escape (laughs) yeah yeah and then they sort of like oh okay then fine just go over there and blow the things up and steal the boats yeah it's great (laughs) which is excellent um although I I think about writing about this actually um I think the Nana character is a really missed opportunity in this game how brilliant would it have been if she were a really sweet old granny who was just especially good with a a sniper rifle Ah, uh, yes. And so rather than being a wacky, oh, I'm a wacky old character. <laughs> yes. She was just this really sweet old lady who said, oh, well done, dear. That was very good. It was so lovely. And then picks up a AM-16 and starts firing it off. Yeah, but that's who she is. So she, that, they, that's kind of what they were going for. She is a, a granny with a sniper rifle, but she's a bit too like, oh, there's some naughty young boys over here. And it's all played for, for goofs. I don't know if I'd be happier if they changed her to be like that or happier if they changed the mission you need to do to unlock her to be less miserable. Oh, it was rubbish, wasn't it? It was just so a, bad. Just a bunch of target practice and then a fight. Yeah, and there's one, I wonder how many times it took you to do it, but there's one where you've got to shoot a load of balloons as they rise into the air and you can only afford to miss like once and then it resets you and it doesn't even reset you to the right to the start. You've got to jog up a little power every time. Oh. Well, Matt, I have to tell you, I did it first time because I'm brilliant. Well, yeah, there we are. <laughs> I, did, I did it first time. Conclusive proof. Shall we jog on? Sure. If we're having a little break, can I go for a wee wee? Uh, you can if you want. Thanks, I drank too much juice. While John goes for a wee wee, shall I tell you what I've been playing, Matt? Sure. I'm going to tell you Yakuza Kiwami is a good action movie in a game. Are you sick of the punching? Because I got sick of the punching in the three hours of Yakuza I played. See, in see, around around that mark, like around the two or three hour mark, I was like, if this is the game, I am, I am out. 
because of the punching and the amount of it and it was just punching 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 very very repetitive um but then things kept happening that were making me laugh and i was like do you know what i'll i'll press these punch and kick buttons as much as needed to get to the next laugh and there were many more after that and i was very happy and also you get like a little skill tree that opens up new types of punching so if you're kind of bored with the punching that's needed to take things out you can just figure out how to like snap their shoulders and twist their neck and kick them through a wall and that'll that'll make you a bit happier i'm back hello john hello hello it's fine i had finished talking about yakuza basically so uh we don't need to worry too much about that tell you what we should worry about is this low battery thing that just appeared (laughs) Oh, bloody hell. <laughs> let's crack on. <laughs> let's talk about, uh, or let's see what our readers have said about puzzle games, their favourite puzzle games. We asked them, what is your favourite puzzle game? Why do you like to hurt your brain with it? Uh, so let's see what people said. Jenny James says, Hex sales 100%. I find puzzle games super relaxing and sometimes I want to play stuff without concentrating on a story. Puzzle games is always my go-to for that mood. Woohoo! Anything made by Zachtronics, says Miguel Ribeiro. Yep, yep, yep. Got a couple of portals. A Ma'at. A Ma'at, says Space Chem. We're talking Zachtronics. It's not just the puzzles that are unique and interesting, but that there are two ways to play. You can play to solve or play to optimise. Then when you're done, you can play to optimise some more. Yep. I love that about them. Oh, Talos Principle. Yes, Flung oh, Plemomble. Who says that? Um, at free five minutes, who is currently calling himself Flung Plumomble. Flung Plumomble. Yeah, the Talos, Prince, Talos Principle. Why did I not use this podcast as an opportunity to talk about the amazing philosophy puzzle game? Exactly. <sighs> it's too late now, Matt. It is. Fumble, Flumble, Clawomble, Womble has already yeah. spoken about it. <laughs> I want to play it again. I want, I'm going to play it again. I've forgotten all the puzzles, so I can play it again. Ah, oh, it'd be interesting because I did it in the first year of my philosophy degree. I'd love to play it after. But it's, yes. oh, I've forgotten all my philosophy now. It'll all come back to you. It's written by Tom, 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 thingy name. Tom, Tom, thingy name. Who wrote for the Amnesia games. He's brilliant. Oh. Uh, what else have people said? Astrid, who's done some work for us in the past, says Tetris. Every mistake you make is your own, which makes the odd chance. When you stack your Tetraminos in just the right way, all the most satisfying. I don't know if I count Tetris as a puzzle game. Is it? I guess, what else would it be? I think I think everything is puzzles, to some degree. Super hot, says Jason Coles, especially in VR. It turns a frenetic FPS into a delicate balance of target priority. I, I, could, I could go with that. I suppose if I can go with super hot, I can go with Tetris. I've got a couple of people saying Lumines as well, or Luminous. Laurent, Victorino, and Jank Scalibur both say Luminous or Lumines. I don't know how you say that. Turka says Antichamber was fun, as well as other things being fun that we've already mentioned. But Antichamber was very fun. It's the one that got you to constantly go against your expectations. It was more thinking outside of the box. Don't say anything outside the box. I should get like a sound effect for words and phrases that are banned. <laughs> and any time, like when you said synergy earlier, Matt, I could have rang the little bell. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I apologise for Synergy. I won't apologise for thinking outside Nothing the box. Nothing suggests that someone's not thinking outside the box more than using the phrase thinking outside the box. I mean, that's true. <laughs> but it does instantly convey <laughs> the opposite of filling in numbers in grids, because there aren't any grids. Thinking outside of the number-based grid... Uh, Derpkovsky says the witness because I can also soothe my brain between the hurting with the nice soothing views that the island provides. Nah. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> such a dismissive noise from John. Horrible game. I want to know about Everett Kayser's Sherlock, says uh, at the world craze, because it's pure logic and deduction can even print out a puzzle and bring a pencil. I'm googling this. Hmm. Johan Hals says, uh, Portal, the story is what everyone remembers, but the brain teasing is perfectly paced and executed. Johan also says, also that chess guy is probably going to respond and today he'll have a good point for once. <laughs> <laughs> Charles today hasn't said chess, so you you can have the you can have chess today, Johan, thank you. Any more? I think that's all the puzzles. Okay. Cool. Well done everyone. Thanks. Thank you. You've solved our podcast. I just want to click on the next podcast, men, and carry on solving that one. If you have any topic suggestions or questions that you want to ask us, you can do that by emailing podcast at rockpapershotgun.com. We've gotten a few things in the past week. We have seen them. They are good, but I'm saving them. Uh, I'm saving them because they weren't really relevant to this podcast. But yeah, good work, people. Keep sending things. You can find Rock Paper Shotgun on Twitter and Facebook at Rock Paper Shot. You can find us on YouTube at the CM at Rock Paper Shot. We are doing our podcast on YouTube, so there will be a link to that in this article eventually, I think. But we're just we're still we're still testing out and trying it. So last week is on YouTube. This week will be soon at some point. Uh, we're also on Spotify. That's good. John and Matt are on Twitter. What what's your Twitter, John? At botherer. What's your Twitter, Matt? At Coxix, which is C-O-C-C-Y-X. I'm at... X. Um, <laughs> Damn it, I forgot the extra X. <laughs> I'm at Brandy underscore C. Your name is impossible, Matt. You need to change your Twitter <laughs> handle. I tried to add you on Origin last night so we could play Yip Legs together. It took most of the evening. That's why I spelt it just then. <laughs> Badly. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you very much for listening to our puzzle chat. Uh, and we will see you next time. Thank you, Matt, and thank you, John. Love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Brendy, I hate to say this, but I haven't caught anything you've said over the past minute because you turned into a robot getting sucked into hell. 